You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Welcome to the Small Biz Ahead podcast from the Hartford. My name is G Marks. I'm here with my fearless co-host, John Adekonis. John, say hello. Hello, everyone. How's it going today? Glad to have you here. We have lots to talk about today. And, you know, sometimes we do this podcast and we chit-chat in the beginning and all that. There's there's no need to chit-chat this time, John, because this topic is, is all the chat that's going on right now, and it's all about working from home. You have been working from home now for how long? So, yeah. Oh, wow. How long? It's almost two years that the company has kind of transitioned to a work from home environment. I personally, however, um, am not a good worker from home. And I've been back in the office full time for a little over two months. And I was one of the last people to leave. So I've kind of had this hybrid experience. It's probably a little bit different from some other folks. Why don't you think you're a good worker from home person so that's a loaded question right (laughs) um i think there's a there's a couple of reasons i you know i find myself most effective in an in-person work environment so i am someone who gets a lot accomplished from like office drop-ins from being able to like poke in and say hey i need you real quick to get something signed off on i think some of that's the nature of my work um you know i think there's there's a lot that we as humans are able to accomplish with the right relationships, um, especially when it comes to your ability to influence decisions. And I I don't think I have mastered that in a virtual way. Um, On the flip side, I think people who are really good at that kind of like, you know, networking from afar skill um, have had a a brand new opportunity for them where it's probably more equitable and accessible for them in in a way that maybe if you're in a, a job where there's kind of a like an office structure and a field structure, there's probably a little bit more common ground than there was before, but it's just been an interesting dynamic. I think I've figured out that I am more of an office person. So what do you think of these large companies? I mean, you know, get my, you know my, my son, John, works at PwC, right? And he loves it there. And they're, they're a huge international accounting firm. And they were in the news just, uh, you know, a few weeks ago because they made the announcement, I think, for like their 40,000 employees that uh, going forward, those employees can can decide for themselves if they want to come in the office or just work, you know, from home. And they're no different from the Hartford and other big brands, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, you know, they're all, you know, all companies and small businesses are faced with this, you know, thing like, you know, how do we handle, how do we handle this work from home thing? Do you think that, that companies, you know, are, you know, do you agree that, you a company can have a policy, particularly a small business, where they leave that work from home decision just up to their employees? So I think it can exist. And I think it's it's being demonstrated on the large side, right? So a hundred percent right. Hartford had a similar um policy. I don't even know if I would call it a policy, but you know, perspective on it where, you know, we've really been leaning into the nature of being a performance culture. And that's going to be different things for different people. And for some people, that's going to mean working from home full time. For some, that's going to be more kind of a part-time work from home, part-time in office. For some, it might be full-time in office. Like everyone needs different things. And I feel like the company has been really flexible in being able to meet those needs. Um and I, I see that a lot, which I think is awesome. You know, I think there's a lot of people where, you know, they've been 
making the case for a long time, there's no difference in my work life and my home life. Like my life is my life and I need the flexibility to do what I need to do. And that means I can be an effective employee in ways that are not traditional nine to five behind a desk in an office space, right? I I don't know as much how you think about that when you're in jobs that require like shift work or customer interaction or, or some more of these main street moments, right? Perhaps. Um, there are some roles. Maybe you have like an office manager, right, where they don't necessarily need to be in a store greeting guests, and that can be more of a remote opportunity. But I, I think it is something that's really unique to the business, that's going to be unique to your industry, and that's going to be unique for your staff. I think the one thing that's really consistent across all of it, if anything came out of kind of the pandemic and our response to it as a as a nation, if not the world, is that it forced us to look at different ways of doing things. And that resulted in this new type of flexibility that I don't think existed before. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and say that I think coming out of the pandemic um, that we, you know, if you're a business owner, a small business owner, you are really hurting yourself if you don't have some type of a work from home you know, benefit, you know, you know, like, like health insurance, like retirement plans, you know, you need to be providing some work from home option. What, how do you feel about that? Again, I think it, it makes sense where it makes sense, but for some people it might not make sense. Right. So I think where, where it's applicable, I agree. I think that you're going to definitely open up your access to talent. You're going to attract a different, um, you know, pool of people to look at your job. I think, you know, you, you might even get some folks who who you couldn't have competed with before as an employer. But I, I do still wonder, you know, and I think it's the question everyone's kind of figure out, like, can every job work from home? Um, some, some you can't, right? Like, you have to be there to do it. Um, and I, I look at those less as office jobs and more kind of, you know, like customer interaction jobs or service level jobs. Um, but maybe there's elements that you can, you know, kind of in your industry or business. And I think for those, you know, I could definitely see that being kind of a new table stakes requirement. So, okay. So John, let, let me put you in there. I mean, cause you've got such great you know, experience working for a large company and also as a guy who um, you, you had the work from home option and yet you come into the office. So say you were running your own small business. Um, what would your work from home policy be? Like what, what, what would be like, how would you craft a work from home policy? Yeah, I I think it would depend on the business. So give me a fictional business. Sure. So let's take uh, let's take your uh, a landscaping firm, and you've got um you know you, you've got people that are out and about at you know they have to go to customers you know locations, but you've also got a staff internally that's doing customer service or sales or uh, or marketing. So you've got a combination of uh, people that are in the field that are working, and then you've got people that are also in the office working. Take a stab at a work from home policy. Yeah. So I think if I was in an, op an operation like that, you know, there's definitely some flexibility and some accommodations I could make as an employer. I think one is if it's a if it's, the job is not required to be performed in the office, um, I'd figure out a way to give you an opportunity to do it elsewhere. So I think about, you know, in a landscaping company, maybe that's a like a bookkeeper, right? Maybe that's right. a scheduler, maybe that's someone who's kind of booking appointments for you, kind of like a, a coordinator of sorts. I think those take the flexibility, do what you need, as long as we can mutually agree on like the hours you're gonna be available, especially if it's still a customer interaction role. I, I'd wanna make sure that people could get you during what I'll air quote is business hours. Um, right. You know, I think there's also a time though when it might require people to interact face-to-face, -face, you know, and maybe that's some kind of 
monthly or quarterly meeting. Maybe that's some kind of deep financial review where I really need to kind of be in a room and help you, you know, you as someone who manages my finance, maybe help me understand something. So I think in spaces like that, I would probably try and define the expectations of when I might need you to be there so we could at least kind of have some guardrails on like what that looks like. So maybe it's the fourth Tuesday of every month you know, will be our in-office day if, if we need to kind of get together as like a leadership team or if we need to go over something that really requires some level of personal interaction. You know, I'd also want to think about ways to make sure there was still a company culture where people could interact and, and socialize and kind of build camaraderie. And that's probably something I would, as best I could, um, design to be an experience that was in person or in office that people would, you know, willingly want to attend probably do everything as I could as an employer short of mandate it just to make sure there was a sense of people still feeling like a team. Because I think that is something that you struggle with more in a virtual world. And I think that's important to really having an effective business is having people who feel a connection to it and feel a connection to each other and feel like they're working towards common goals. And a lot of that comes from relationship building in my in my opinion at least. Yeah, you know, it's funny for those of you that have been listening to this podcast over the years, um, you'll know that my, you know my company is a virtual company. I, I have 10 employees. Uh, we've been virtual since 2005, John. So like a long time. And um, so, yeah, I mean, everybody's had the flexibility, the mobility, the independence, all that kind of stuff. And yet we are like the world's most dysfunctional company. You know, like, <laughs> you know, we don't see each other as a group ever. You know, we bump into each other clients or online. But what you said is exactly right. I mean, you know, people need to be together with people to chat and innovate and share ideas and thoughts. And so, you know, I can't imagine any business just you know, fully going work from home. I, you know, I, I think there's a balance, you know, I really do. And um, maybe, you know, one day a week or two days a week. I also, your, your comment about being available is also very true. I mean, um, you know, you have to make sure that just because somebody's working from, and you got used to this, right? I mean, yeah, you've been working from home for all this time, but you realize that it's a, um, you've got to be available. People are trying to get a hold of you. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you're not working, right? Right. And I think that's the kind of the double-edged sword of the work from home that I see. So in some roles, I think it makes it really easy for you to work 24-7 and have no boundaries, right. which is just as bad, I think, in the long term um, as, as having too many, right? So I think it really depends on the role. Sometimes right. if you can do your job from five o'clock at night till eight o'clock in the morning, and that's what you prefer, it, it doesn't require a ton of accessibility. Cool, right. go for it. But every employee at some point is going to need to have uh, some level of communication with their boss. So if that's the nature of the work, I'd probably set up like standing one-on-ones just to make sure like I could check in, make sure they could check in with me make sure that we're on the same page. But again, if it's a if it's a customer facing role that would be remote, that's something I'd really want to kind of have designated time around because I, I feel like that's important. People need to know when they can get service and and you have to have rational expectations of SLAs and, and kind of conducting your business. So that is where I think I'd probably be a little bit more, you can work from anywhere, but like there's still a shift or there's still a job and, and how do we kind of work together to define that? And during that time, you know, how do you balance distractions? Because I think that's the other challenge is that there's this kind of overlap now between life and work. And we're all, I think, still kind of figuring out what that means for us, especially when, you know, if, if you have kids, if you have pets, if you're taking care of a, an older loved one or a spouse, if your spouse is working from home, do you have the space? So I think as an employer too, I'd want to make sure if I kind of enable that decision, I also have the means to kind of provide the tools and technology to make sure, you know, we, we both were getting what we needed out of it. 
Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I have one client, he just started a work from home policy, but um, no one is allowed to work from home on Mondays or Fridays. What a jerk, huh? <laughs> yeah, I keep the line. There's, yeah, I, and I wonder if that's, you know, if how people react to that, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's funny about that because, you know, on the one side, if you're an employer, you know, you're thinking like somebody's going to work from home on a Monday or Friday, like, all right, we know what they're up to on a Monday or Friday, you know? But if you're an employee, you know, your, your response could also be like, Hey man, you know, I should be responsible enough to choose what days I work from home. I'll get my job done. You know, like, so it's, it'll be an interesting sociological, you know, battle going back and forth. I think over the next few years, before we end this, John, um, technologies on, you know, when you're working from home. I mean, um, Hartford uses, you know, Microsoft Teams. I see a lot of uh, my clients, both big and small, use, uh, you know, G Suite, Slack, obviously Zoom, you know, for online conferences. What thoughts do you have on, on you know, technologies that should be provided to your work from home workers? Yeah, you definitely need to give a collaboration platform of some sort. And I think that can be whatever makes sense for your budget and your company. Um, but some kind of virtual conferencing, like interaction platform, I, I guess I don't really know what the right word or category is, right. but whether it's a Zoom or Teams or Google meeting where, where you can kind of as best as possible replicate kind of a, a face-to-face interaction, or at least be able to share documents and collaborate on things, because that is something when you're not in the same space and you can't kind of like run back and forth with like a pencil and a notebook that you still need to be able to do. And I think making sure that like you have things that allow you to securely transact your business. So in a distributed world, you're probably thinking about some kind of cloud computing. So making sure that the terms that you're agreeing to make sense for the the data and the, the services that you provide and keep you and your, your customers information safe, I think that's really important. So I think there is some level of understanding if there's like new risk that that poses and making sure you're protected as best you can be to weather that and being responsible on those things too, especially now that I think we're out of the reactive face and it's more like how do you plan for a future in this model? Like take the time to understand what it is that you're really kind of now doing in a virtual world and make sure you do have the right tools and kind of mechanisms in place to both kind of enable it and protect it. Yeah. And one other thing I'm going to add to that, of course, is is security, guys. I mean, you know, ransomware has has just exploded this past year because so many people are are working from home. And, uh, you know, there's John sitting on his Windows 7 you know computer at home and downloading all sorts of garbage and attracting all this malware. And, you know, unfortunately, when when the malware hits your computer, um, it, it can easily get onto your, your company's network as well. Whether you're in the cloud or hosted or you're hosting stuff yourself, you really do open yourself up to that. So um, you have to make sure that your employees are running the most recent operating systems of you know, Mac iOS or, or Windows or, or Android. They've got to be, um, you know, you've got to have backup systems in place and you've got to actually have a good IT firm in place to make sure that they're checking to make sure that your uh, employees, you know, their, their local computers are not infected. I mean, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of people I know they're sharing the computers with their kids, with their teenagers, God knows what's going on. And uh, all that can definitely, it can definitely hurt your own networks. That's something to keep in mind. John, listen, I think the takeaway though, from this whole year of working from home is this, okay? The millennials were right. You know, they've been saying for years, we should be working from home more. We should be more independent. We should be more mobile. And all of us old guys are like, no, 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 be quiet, get back to work. I don't want to hear it. And then COVID comes, shuts everything down. Everybody goes home. 
And what do you know? Everybody's working away just fine. So in the end, the millennials are right, right? I don't know if it's, I know I, I'm a millennial and I'm the one who's like, does somebody want to come to the office with me so I can look at a human on a Tuesday? Um, so I think, you know, I think there's a little bit in there for everyone. But, you know, your comment on cyber reminded me and we'll make sure we link in the show notes wherever you listen. We did a podcast with a, a someone from the Tenio group who talked a lot about um, like easy things you can do and kind of considerations to make when you're setting up a, a network, especially kind of in a virtual world. So we'll make sure we kind of link that in the show notes and in the blog article so you can find that easily if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about how you can kind of best prepare your small business for cybersecurity. Very, very good. Well, John, great conversation. I hope uh, if you've been listening to this, you took a little, a few thoughts to put in your mind as you formulate your much needed and essential work from home policy that your business has to have. Uh, that is one of the many impacts I think that uh, the pandemic has had on us. So, John, thank you very much. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, Gene. And let us know in the comments, like, do you let your workforce work from home? Are they asking you for it? How have you thought about it in your different industries? Let us know a little bit about um, how you've handled that and what you're thinking about going forward. We'd love to hear from you. I agree. Everyone, you've been listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. If you need some tips, advice, help in running your business, please visit us at smallbizahead.com. On behalf of John Adakonis, my famous co-host, this is Gene Marks. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and we look forward to another segment sometime very, very soon. Take care.